Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Coming up on Believe in Soccer, it's back to the UEFA Champions League group stage for Jesse Marsh. The significance of it this time and the quest to get to the knockout round. Sounds like old hat, but it's impressive. Another trophy for Bayern Munich. Plus one of the great U.S. defenders of his day, Marcelo Balboa, on the state of the Rapids and the state of the game. The Shetnessing Daily Cast begins now. Hi and welcome. This is Shet Messing's podcast. My name is Steve Cangelosi. We have both been in position to cover former MLS head coach Jesse Marsh extensively here in the United States, but to say he is a rising star in American coaching ranks doesn't sound right anymore. This is a coach who has arrived. He's taken FC Salzburg to the UEFA Champions League group stage for a second straight season. Shep, there's a whole lot that Marsh still wants to prove, but this time they took the longer route and they're back in. Says a lot about him in the short time he's had to prove himself in Austria. I don't think there's any doubt about it. He is he has arrived, Steve, at the highest level. And I think the bar is even higher for Jesse Marsh. And I've known him a long time. You've known him here. But I went back just to think about how he developed. And as always, Steve, as you know, in any sport, soccer in particular, a, a, a coaching tree. Top of the tree or the base for Jesse was was Bob Bradley. Let me go through quickly the history. Both of them played at Princeton College, uh, Bob Bradley and Jesse Marsh. When Bob Bradley was an assistant coach to Bruce Arena at DC United, he drafted Jesse Marsh. When Bob Bradley went to Chicago, he traded, brought Jesse Marsh there. Bob Bradley ended up at Chivas. What did he do? He traded, brought Jesse to Chivas. And when Bradley was the manager of the U.S. men's national team, who did he hire as an assistant? Jesse Marsh. There's a story there. Because when you're quality like Jesse Marsh and you have a guy like Bob Bradley, you you keep working, you keep working, and those connections pay off. He did the same with Red Bull. What did he do? Come to New York Red Bulls, did a great job, went to Leipzig as an assistant, And now we all know what he's doing at Red Bull Salzburg. So everybody here is proud of him. Marsh's Salzburg side producing a second leg three to one victory over Maccabi Tel Aviv in the Champions League playoff round. Unlike last year, Salzburg did not qualify directly. The coefficient in the Austrian Bundesliga is 12th among European domestic leagues. So the path this time included this two-way playoff. And let me say this. They had control of the tie before the second leg started. Salzburg won the first leg on the road, two to one, right? There was nothing conservative about the way they played 
earlier in the second leg today. The enthusiasm he exhibits as a coach really is reflected in his team's style of play. Well, how about last year against Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp, that halftime speech? I mean, Jesse Marsh is the epitome of Red Bull Global, right? There's just no quit. He attacks, he attacks, he plays hard, controlled, 100 miles an hour. Uh, really, I, I just think this is only the next step for Jesse. Let's see where he ends up a few years from now. The Champions League draw will be done by a week's end. We'll talk about Marsh in that tournament and perhaps his future in the next show. A couple of items before we're joined by Marcelo Balboa from Colorado where the team he broadcasts for, the Rapids, is dealing with a shutdown this week after players and staffers tested positive for COVID. Bayern Munich keeps hearing everyone, including us, allude to the team's lack of depth, and all they keep do is listening to that chatter and win when it matters most. It happened again. Their German Super Cup win versus Dortmund now gives them five trophies in the calendar year 2020. Good game. Dortmund stormed back from 2 nothing down the level. The champions find a way, don't they? And they always do. And, and look, both those teams, Dortmund and Bayern, we know lost over the weekend. Dortmund, you know, had opportunities in that weekend game. They just couldn't finish. Bayern Munich, in, inexplicable, although we talked about it. But when it counts, don't count Bayern Munich out. I was watching the Salzburg game mostly. I only saw snippets of this, but this is worth pointing out. This is a match where Chris Richards, Alfonso Davies, and Gio Reyna were on the field at the same time. Three MLS Academy products playing in the final stages of a Bayern Munich Dortmund game for a trophy. I suppose that says something about some good things we're doing on this side of the ocean. <laughs> Steve, it's wonderful. You can't help but but be wildly excited about how these guys are doing. Zach Steffen, a shutout in a 3-0 win for Man City versus Burnley in the Carabao Cup. Officially, he makes two saves. Uh, I'll only hit you with this. These games are important because if you're the understudy at Man City, you know the other guy, Ederson, is going to play all the big games. So what's a good workload for a Zach Steffen this year to prep him for the games that really matter for the United States nine months from now? Well, I, I'm going to first point something else out and then answer your question because I, I love Matt Doyle. <laughs> I really do. But, but you know, he got a lot of publicity with saying Matt Turner should be the starting U.S. men's national team goalkeeper over Zach Steffen. Give me a break. I mean, I, I know what he's saying, that Matt Turner is playing regularly, but who are you going to listen to, Matt Doyle or Pep Guardiola? This is what Pep Guardiola said after the last game. In goal, the goal we conceded, that was the game they won 2-1 to one before today's game. So mm -hmm. Guardiola said the goal we conceded was unstoppable. After Zach Steffen, he saved us on a counterattack. He was calm. He was good. He gave a good performance. So Matt Doyle, I love you. I I'm going with Pep Guardiola. I love Matt Turner, and let's put it this way. I hope he pushes, at the very least, Zach <laughs> Steffen to be the best that he could be. This is too good to not at least include in one of our shows this week. Eric Dyer had to leave the field to go to the bathroom. Uh, this was the 77th minute of Tottenham's Carabao Cup win versus Chelsea. Mourinho chased him down the hall to hurry him up. 
you got to go, you got to go. Did you ever witness anything like this firsthand? <laughs> I love the way Mourinho chased them in the tunnel. And then, then he came back on the field, the game went to penalties, and Dyer scored the first penalty kick. Look, nothing like that, but I, I, I do remember an incident. I'm playing in Boston. I was playing for the Boston Miniman against the Seattle Sounders. On my team in Boston, we had some big Portuguese World Cup stars, Eusebio, Antonio Samoas, big center back from Benfica, Colado, and a former Bayern Munich player, Wolfgang Sunholz. Our coach was Austrian, Hubert Vogelsinger. So right before half, maybe four minutes before halftime, Adrian Webster, playing for Seattle, collides with Wolfgang Sunholz. Sunholz goes down. He gets up, and he goes straight to the locker room, right? There's still four or five minutes left to the half. Mm. We all go rushing at halftime into the locker room, hoping he's okay. Wolfgang is sitting there with a cigarette and a beer. (laughs) Hubert Vogelsinger went ballistic, threw bottles at him, screamed at him. Wolfgang said, Coach, I'm good. Second half, he scores the game winner, and we win two to one. Different times back then, Steve. He is a National Soccer Hall of Famer, and how's this for a short list? Three players shared the distinction of being the first to play for the United States in three World Cups. Eric Winalda, Tab Ramos, and Marcelo Balboa, the longtime TV analyst for the Colorado Rapids, good enough to be with us tonight. Marcelo, we think of Colorado here in New York as wide open spaces, one of the least likely hotspots anywhere for COVID-19, <laughs> but it's affected your community. It's affected your team. We'll get to that in just a second. How are you, first of all? I'm good. First of all, it's good to see you guys. Good to be with you guys. Uh, been blessed, man. Mom and dad are healthy in California. My family here is, uh, is safe and, and healthy. I've been tested three times and uh, came back negative all three times. So, you know, uh, been luck of the draw, I guess. So far, so good. Well, Cello, I'm going to go back to your, your legacy. I mean, famous for the U.S. national team at the club level, captain of the U.S men's national team, the three World Cups that Steve alluded to. But I just I just dug up a fact that you look, I knew you had 127 caps, but I didn't realize yeah. you had 13 goals and only four assists. Did you never pass the ball? What's the deal? Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> listen, as a center back, I'm I'm going up on corner kicks. So listen, I think I remember one of the four and one of them was back. I laid a ball back to tab against Costa Rica and qualifying. I think it was in Portland. That's one of the few I remember. But when I'm in when listen, Shep, you know, you're a goalkeeper, man. When you gotta go eighty yards for a corner kick or a set piece, you're not passing the ball. You're gonna hog it and you're gonna try to put it in the back of the net. So Yes, I was a little selfish for a center back, yes. Yeah, the goalkeepers never want to see those big nasty center backs <laughs> getting forward. I want to delve into your national team career a little bit, and maybe the present-day national team, too, in a second. Uh, first, the immediate business here. The Rapids game Sunday versus Sporting Kansas City was postponed. There is a game Saturday in Portland. The last I saw, four players, ten staffers have tested positive. I mean, are you preparing, expecting to do that game Saturday night? Um, I always do. I always prepare. And, uh, and if it gets canceled, it gets canceled. It is what it is. It's just reality right now. But uh, I, I go in every week until we're heard, until we hear differently that I prepare for the Portland game. 
um, and, and we go from there. So it's unfortunate, you know what? It's just reality right now. It's the normal. It's unfortunate that Colorado happened to be uh, a part of it where a few guys got it. It kind of spread a little. So, um, you know, hopefully they contained it they, and they can contain it and isolate it and, uh, and get back on track. You know what worries me? The schedule is so crunched already, Cello, because yeah. if you miss two yeah. games, you have to make that up. And the dates now have become very scarce between now and November 8th. Yeah, I think that they already rescheduled the Sporting Kansas City game to that Wednesday, the 21st. And I believe looking at the schedule, if they have to reschedule this game, uh, I don't know Portland's schedule, but I, uh, Colorado's got, I think, one Sunday to Sunday game. Maybe you have to squeeze it in there. But yeah, it, it's coming down to crunch time. So, you know, they're, they're going to have to figure out a way to hopefully, hopefully they'll be able to to play the game this weekend. Cello, give us your overview of the team right now it seems that they have a good balance they have potential their last game they smacked around san jose uh by five what's what's yeah. your what's your view of the team right now you know what I, I think robin's done a great job of just letting the guys over the last few games and, and you and you've kind of seen it building shep you know what i mean you, you've seen it three or four games ago they were dominating they were holding possession they just couldn't get that final piece and we all know that final piece is putting the ball in the back of the net. But every game, it got better and better and better. Then all of a sudden, you take it to RSL. You're like, whoa, it finally all clicked together. Then you play Galaxy. You do it at their place. And uh, it's just starting to come together. And Robin's just done a nice job of explaining to the players of this is your role. This is what we're going to do. And you can see over the last few games, he's kind of just let them go back to being who they are. And it's a team that's going to run, that's going to press you. And it's got a lot of young kids who's got a lot of energy, be it Cole Bassett, be it to Jonathan Lewis. It's got such a young core of kids that they just say, go after teams, go after them, because they've got their lungs for it here at altitude. And it's been fun to watch. I got to be honest, over the last four or five games, just seeing this team kind of come into their own. Bassett, at the time he was signed, was the youngest signing in team history. What is his ceiling? He's doing impressive things at 19, Jello. You know, the, the kid has got he, – he runs forever. He reminds me of Chris Henderson, a kid that's up and down in the middle of the field, box to box. He, he's defending on one end, but he's also sprinting down 80 yards because he wants to score a goal. So, um, you know, it, it's been an interesting – because I think he's got a nice midfield to follow right behind him to give him that freedom to go because with Jack Price holding in that six role, really anchoring down the middle of the field – and Acosta kind of floating around as that eight, because we play kind of with two eights. It's been allowing Acosta and Bassett to switch off who can attack and who doesn't attack. And they've done a nice job of when you see Acosta attack, you'll see Bassett kind of floating a little bit. But Bassett's done a nice job of reading off uh, Shinishiki, especially in the L.A. game. Shinishiki splits the two center backs. Bassett pulls himself to the far post. Um, the same thing in, in a few of the games over the last few games. He's doing a nice job of just finding the space away from the forwards, and he's finding the ball. I'm always going to go back to the defensive side of the ball, Cello, so give me your viewpoint on Yarbro in goal, that back four with Abubakar and trust the uh, central defenders. Um, you know what? Initially, you, know, you, you weren't really sure because you had so many players that have been brought in. You brought in Lawless, and he was going to be the, the, the main figure of this team, and then from there – you were trying to figure out, okay, was it going to be trusty? Was it going to be Drew Moore? Was it going to be Danny Wilson? 
And, and to be honest with you, they, they've done a nice job. Danny Wilson seemed to have fit that little bit of Tommy Smith, what, how Tommy Smith and Lawless were working last year. They've kind of got each other down. They've been reading each other well. And then all of a sudden you, you throw in Jonathan Trusty and you're like, wow, this kid has some potential. You know, he's got great pace. He's got a nice left foot. All he, for me, he just needs more playing time. And, and that experience always makes you a, a, a better player, more confident player. But the back line with a guy like Keegan Rosenberry, who hasn't missed a lot of games, who gets up and down the wings. You know, he had a bad game the other night, but it happens to everybody in Dallas. You know, they were so tired. But And then you bring in a guy like Sammy Vines, who's another homegrown player, who uh, has just been fantastic, left-footed. He, uh, oh, getting into the tack, he got his first goal uh, as a Colorado Rapid two games ago. So it, it's, it's nice. You know, it is, Shep, as a goalkeeper, you want consistency in front of you. You want the same group. You understand them. You understand their movements. You like to see, you know, they understand where the ball's going to go. And uh, I think this, listen, I'm not saying we're going to win an, an MLS Cup. That, don't get me wrong, but consistency in play is very important in Colorado. And I think over the last six, seven games, you're starting to see that consistency. Instead of being rocked onto your heels, you're on the front of your toes and you're pushing forward and you're pushing teams on their heels. Allow me one more about this team. Jonathan Lewis, I know, got a look from Greg Berhalter in the January 2019 camp. He played in a Gold Cup. There's something there. But tell me whether he's just in this U.S. pool at maybe the wrong time with Morris and Zardes and Josie and Pulisic and Reyna and maybe a few guys who are – just a step ahead of him in the pecking water. Yeah, you know, it's tough to when you talk about Pulisic and you talk about players like that. But Jonathan Lewis has something that you can't teach, and that's pace. He has got tremendous pace, and uh, and he can change a game for you in the last ten minutes. So he's doing that in MLS. Uh, will he get that opportunity with the U.S. national team? I think Greg Berhalter will look at him, and only because he's been doing quite well here. Um, you always need somebody that can change a game with 10, 15 minutes to go. So, listen, is he in that pool 100%? No, but he's pushing on that door and he's knocking on that door to to make sure that Greg Berthalter keeps his eyes open, to make sure Greg Berthalter keeps him on the radar. And now it's up to Jonathan Lewis to perform every week. Hey, Cello, sticking with the U.S. national team, we have these conversations, uh, Steve and I, all the time. Yeah. About the young players and Pulisic yeah. and Kenny and Gio Reyna and, and the older guys like me, we, I say, slow down, <laughs> slow down. I mean, these guys still look, are they are they very talented? Are they young? Yeah. Are you optimistic about it? I, but I'm always saying, take it easy. This is not the World Cup group of your era, Cello. These guys yeah. still have to grow a little. But we're, we're Americans. We want it now. And when we didn't get it in the last World Cup, everybody got upset and frustrated. And U.S. soccer blew up, let's be honest. It, it, it imploded, and, and all of a sudden we're rebuilding. So, um, listen, I'm excited about this group. Um, to be honest, Shep, I'm not worried about them qualifying for, for this World Cup. They're going to qualify. I, I, I don't have a doubt in my mind because this group, when you look at Pulisic and you look at Adams, and you look at McKinney, and you look at quite a few of the other players, when they walk out on that field and they have that U.S. national team jersey, you see pride again. You see passion. You see that heart. And that's something we've missed in that last generation. Um, but you can see it. You can feel it. Even when with Brooks puts on the uniform with these young kids as an older player, 
um, with, with, um, with Zach Steffen in goal. So um, I'm excited. I'm not going to say we're World Cup champions. I'm not saying we're going to beat Mexico. We're going to win the group. I'm not, I'm not going to go there because anything can happen. Anything can happen. But this group excites me because I see that passion again. I see that, that pride again in this team. And when you have that, you know what, that, that goes a long way. So, um, again, I think this team is built for 2026 with the experience of a World Cup underneath your belt, just like we were in 90. We were out there to get experience. We made it. We got the experience. But that team was already being groomed for 94. This team is going to qualify, and it's being groomed for 2026. When you coach the under-14s in Colorado, I'm curious about this. How aware are the students of the success that Americans are having abroad now? Do they openly aspire to that, and do you tell them to cool their heels if they do? Uh, you know, I, I, the group that, we, that I have, the 14s, they're aware of the surroundings and of the young players and the homegrown players and the opportunity they have to be looked at by the first team. Um, there's a process that we go through that I have to explain to them that, you know, uh, you have to get the job done here in order to play with the 15s, the 15s to the 17s. There's a process. We have a habit of, and I think in this country, to bypassing kids want to go from the 14s straight to the 19s or the USL team, and I'm good enough, I should be there. Um, there's a process. Everybody has a different pathway to, uh, to their dream if it's soccer. Uh, some of them, some guys have to go to college, and how many kids have we seen go to college and then go to MLS or then go to Europe? Um, some kids have to go to USL Pro for a while, and they play there, then they get looked at, and then they get brought up to an MLS team. So uh, we try to explain to them. Oh, let me tell you back. I try to explain to them that they got to get, they've got to get all of the little technical parts right now, correct, in order to move up to that next level and be successful, because it's a big jump from 14 to 15, 15 to 17, because it's a 16, 17 group mixed together, and then you move to the 19s. So we don't talk a lot about Polisic or, or Tyler Adams. We talk about the academy and what the opportunities that this is going to open for you for college, youth national teams, that, that's a big step for, for these kids. To talk about those guys, um, you know, the, they took similar path, but a little different. Um, and, and not everybody's going to take that path. I think everybody wants the easy path. The straight line from A to B, everybody wants. Unfortunately, we know the downs and ups of, of football. We know the downs of up, of, of having a good year, having a bad year. Uh, maybe injury is, is a big part of that. So, we just try to explain them that every day you got to come and work hard and, uh, and do the right things, live the right life off and off the field and put yourself in a position that where somebody can see you play. Cello, I don't think there's anybody better than you to speak to this, which is really what you've been talking about. You've done it at every long level. Hair. Now the beard, the long hair. <laughs> I had you beat a while ago. I don't have you beat now, but you've done it at every level. And, and in the course of doing that, you continue to do it as a leader, as a mentor, as a teacher, as a role model. And, and I know I tell kids at every age, under 14, under 16, under 17, Tim Howard, when he was 18 years yep. old, my message to them is maybe one of the most important things I can tell you is don't quit. You're, yeah. you're going to have ab 
adversity. You're going to have plenty of no's. You're going to have coaches that don't like you. Yeah. Believe in yourself and don't quit. What's your lasting message to these young players? You know, um, if you have a dream, you've got to go for it. Um, people are going to put you down because they're going to put you down to see if they can take your spot. So for us and for me as a kid, as I was growing up, my dad was very clear. Put your goals on paper. Put them down on paper. Carry them with you every day. Every day, carry them with you. Don't let anybody veer you from right to left on what you want to accomplish. If you want to accomplish it, then you have to work hard every day. Because I tell my kids, if they want playing time, they've got to earn it. I'm not giving them anything. No one ever gave me a starting position on the national team on the 90 or the 94 or the 98 World Cup. I had to earn it. I had to earn it. So if you want something, go earn it. Work every day. And don't go to the park and just kick a ball at the goal and say, I worked today. No, no, no. Work. I mean, from physical side to the technical side, get a friend, get a buddy, do something to go make yourself better every day. Um, the one thing you can't have if you want to be a professional athlete is a weak mindset. You can't have it. You can't have it. You can't have excuses. Excuses are for guys who at the end of the day will see on Sunday leagues playing a great game, but didn't, weren't able to take that next step because there was always an excuse. Don't be that guy. Work every day. And listen, you're going to have speed bumps. We've all had speed bumps. I had an ACL that tore 93 before the 94 World Cup. And, uh, and I'll say this, you surround yourself, surround yourself with quality people, surround yourself with people that want to see you succeed as much as they want to succeed. Like Fernando helped me in 94 with my ACL. He was going to the World Cup and he made it clear, I'm not going without you. So get your rear out of bed and we're going to go work out every day until you're back 100% on this team. So for me, it's Put yourself around the right people. Put yourself around positive people that want to see you succeed. And, uh, and you've got a good chance of succeeding. That's a perfect way to end. And uh, I hope you're back on the air as soon as humanly possible. Good luck, Cello. Thanks for giving us a few minutes. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Always love listening to Cello and his partner in crime, Richard Fleming, too, often after you and I are done with our business on the East Coast. We'll dive into the Red Bulls' quest for a three-game winning streak on the last show of the week tomorrow. All quiet in MLS on this day except for a trade. So we'll end on this. The defending champion Seattle bring back defender Roman Torres from Inter-Miami. He's 34, not exactly fleet of foot anymore. Why do they do this? Well, you look at their back four for Seattle 2019 when they win, won the cup. Who was there? Brad Smith was there. Roman Torres was there. Now they've got two of those guys they've brought back. So, look, they're shooting for Supporter Shield. Seattle is shooting for MLS Cup. Can't hurt to bring Roman Torres back. Getting the band back together. We'll end on that note. We'll check in tomorrow on Believe in Soccer, the Shet Messing Daily Cast.
Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.